I am Joey Wagner with the Sports Reporter at the Herald Review, and we are here with Mark Tupper, our Illini beat writer. Uh, so we're trying a new thing every Friday. We're going to be putting out a podcast with Mark talking all things Illini, and as, right this week we're going to open up probably with some football discussion. Mark spent quite a bit of time at training camp. Uh, Mark, what have you seen around camp in general? Um, you know, it's been a good camp. It's interesting. They're at a different location this year. They're about four blocks to the east of Memorial Stadium on the grass recreation fields. Um, that seems to be a, a decent location, uh, good surface. Um, uh, the coaches like it. And, um, you know, I think um, I think everything's gone well. The, 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 probably the best news is no new major injuries. There's been a few um, lesser injuries. And, uh, and, and so some guys are sitting out day to day and then uh, I think we'll be eased back in. But they're taking a really conservative view of injuries because they just don't have the depth so you know they're watching that pretty closely and Lovey's not a big contact guy so he's not um, he's not out there looking for um, you know all out war and scrimmages they're just kind of bumping into each other and banging into each other at some point they'll probably open it up a little bit and do some popping because you got to get ready for that but but so far um, it's they've limited the contact and and probably helped them limit the injuries. So a year removed from last year, Lovey was settling in. What's the different feeling surrounding camp this year in terms of maybe comfort or just kind of where guys are at? Do you feel any sort of a different era around camp? Yeah, I think for both the players and the coaches. I mean, last year the players, excuse me, the coaches were still trying to get familiar with who was who, what positions they were maybe best at. They were shifting, changing, um, and then... Uh, the players were their heads were spinning a little bit because everything was new to them, new offense, new defense, new terminology. Um, I think in year two here, you're seeing a much better comfort level. People are are in the right position. Uh, coaches understand who guys are. The, the freshmen still have to go through this learning curve, but but that's a, a fairly uh, small percentage of the roster overall. So a, a much greater understanding. And these freshmen seem to be learning pretty good. Um, you know, so they're not, they don't seem to be holding things back uh, from them, and, and uh, that's been one of the nice surprises so far. Yeah, you've talked, uh, you know, wrote a lot about some of the freshmen, and there's going to be chances for these kids to come in and see some real minutes this season, and especially as conference play picks up, isn't there? It's one of the reasons they picked Illinois, is because uh, rather than go to a school where they knew they'd probably have to sit for two years, they they wanted to go to a school where they'd have a chance to play right away, and they and they will get that chance if you're good, uh, and you're um, and you're assignment savvy, um, you're going to get a chance to get on the field right away, and um, I think that's going to really be true at wide receiver. I think it'll be true at, at in the defensive backfield, um, even on the defensive line. I think there's some people who are, you know, kind of raising some eyebrows with their play, and so. Um, I, they're going to give these kids an opportunity uh, until they show them that they can't do it or whatever. But um, um, I think we're going to. I think by the time the season's over with, we will have seen a number of true freshmen play. Uh, so you talked about the receivers and the linemen in the backfield. Can you tell me maybe one of each of those positions for freshmen that have really come out and had a good start to camp? Uh, receivers, there's there's just a, a number of them. Uh, Ricky Smalling um, has caught my eye. He's just so quick. Uh, his feet are fast. He runs good routes. He's got hands. Uh, not overly big, but he's really, really good. I think no question he's going to play. And then as we go through camp, we'll see whether he also returns punts and kicks because that's a possibility as well there. Uh, I think on the defensive line, there's just a lot of guys. Owen Carney, 
a defensive end. Uh, Bobby Roundtree is a kid that Lovey really liked, and you can see the athleticism in him. Um, I think he's a good candidate there. On the offensive side, you know, they surprised everybody when they came out the first day and Larry Boyd, the 6'6", six, 360-pound uh, six, six, kid from St. Louis, was the opening uh, tackle. And um, he has subsequently uh, dinged up his shoulder a little bit. Um, so he sat out a couple days. That's not serious. He'll be back out there. They're going to give him a chance to earn playing time, too. He's massive, and he, and he looks good. I mean, he's not, you know, he, he's relatively thin for a guy that's, I'd say 360 is what he was when he arrived. I'd say he's probably... Uh, 250 or you know something like that now, um, but he's going to get a chance there as well. So, you know, a lot of these kids are a lot of these kids are probably the best story of camp so far. Uh, the other story is obviously the quarterback Chase Crouch, who it sounds to me from reading your stuff and kind of what I'm seeing that he has got that it factor at quarterback that people kind of gravitate towards him. What's he's coming back healthy now, so he's kind of getting things going. What, what's going on with Chase there? He, you know, he's got that it thing from a personality standpoint. Does he have that it thing from a production standpoint? And that we don't know. And um, you know, no matter how strong your personality is and how much people like you and are willing to follow you, um, you come out in the first game and throw three interceptions and put the ball on the ground. Um, you know that that's going to erode pretty quickly. He's got to perform, and so far it's been a little up and down. Real good at the the very first practice, he was sharp. Um, subsequently, he's been kind of hot and cold, and um, so I, know I think school's still out on him. We don't have a body of work from last year. One start, one relief appearance. So, you know, we're looking to see some consistency from him, and he's operating right now without all of his weapons. There's a, a, a couple running backs out. Some of these linemen are out. So, you know, we'll we'll continue to watch him, but uh, uh, that's an unanswered question at this point. Is there a contingency plan if he comes out and throws three picks, or is he going to be there? Yeah, guy? you go to the number two guy, which would be Jeff George Jr. I mean, I, I don't think they want to jump to that uh, right away. I think they're going to give him a pretty long leash, but you know, they they need to do some things quickly. If if he shows he can't do it, they'll go another direction. You know, they'd hope to have Dwayne Lawson here, the junior college transfer. This is the big kid uh, that originally committed to Virginia Tech, six six, two hundred thirty pounder. But he will not academically be finished up at junior college in time. Uh, they're hoping that he might enroll in January. That's kind of that ball's in his court completely. He's going to have to get his academic stuff in line in order to get enrolled, and then we can take a look at him next season, perhaps. But um, it's Chase Crouch, and then it's Jeff George, and then uh, you know they've got a freshman too um, from the Chicago area who looks pretty good. But a freshman, true freshman quarterback, is a lot to ask. Yeah. So the, the buzz around the football team is coming back. You can feel it maybe a little bit. Uh, before we get to your interview uh, with Doug Bouchon, correct, yep, of yep. Rivals. Uh, so that's another another thing we're going to be doing every week with Mark is he is going to be talking to people associated with who cover the Illini or other media people maybe that the Illini are taking on that week. Uh, so we'll, we'll end our podcast today with that interview that Mark did. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to ask you a little bit about basketball because okay. I don't remember the hype about basketball being like this in some time. The last time I remember was obviously that great, great year they went to the national championship game, but now it's kind of back, isn't it? You There's always a hype around it, but Brad Underwood's throwing gas on the fire, and there's a lot of talk about Illinois basketball. Well, there's always a lot of optimism, too, when there's a coaching change. You, you, you know, there's a coaching change usually for a reason. It's because the previous guy didn't win enough. So now people are hoping that the new guy is going to help them win more. And, um, you know, and Brad is uh, 
um, a guy who's come in and excited people because you know they lost some recruits who decommitted, uh, particularly Jeremiah Tillman, but they were able to recapture a couple of really exciting players, Mark Smith, Mr. Basketball from Edwardsville, and then Mark Allstork, the um, transfer from Wright State, who's a fifth-year guy, will only have one year of eligibility, but he you know, he averaged 15 points for Wright State. He's a proven guy who's done some damage at this level. Um, and then Brad's reputation is really good. People around the basketball community really admire him as a coach. So, you know, he's he's got people fired up. There's no doubt about that. And, um and and will have until we, you know until we get out on the court you know that's like as I was kidding Brad you know it's always nice when you haven't lost a game isn't it and he said yeah no, no kidding um, you know they're going to lose games uh, no matter who their coach was going to be they're going to lose games but they're also going to win some games and I think their style is going to be exciting and uh, that's one of the things people have been wanting to see is a more exciting style. And um, so, you know, um, I, uh, we're, in, we're in a little bit of a break here before they reconvene uh, in very late uh, August and, and gear up for practice again. And um, I, I'm excited because um, everyone I've talked to in the basketball world thinks a lot of Brad Underwood, and, um, and I'm anxious to get to see this style myself. That's the one thing fans don't have a, a visual of yet is what this is all going to look like dressed in orange and blue. And and um, so, you know, we're all anxious for that to happen. It'll be here before we know it. Uh, and they've got a lot of ground to make up between then and now because there's a lot of teaching to be done. And But he, when he said they had a great summer, not a good summer, uh, I think that really got people cranked up. Yeah, and that was my thing is he didn't really come in and, and kind of ease himself into the water. He came in and he laid out his goals, and they were, they were lofty goals for where that program's been the last few years. He comes out and tells you we had a great, not good. I mean, to emphasize that it was a great summer, and he, he went out of his way to do that. Your trainer's coming out, and you're tweeting all these pictures of these freshmen who have gone through seemingly body makeovers in the time they've met i mean there's he is not waiting around he's not shy about his ambitions here and no and i don't think he'd say say those things if he didn't mean him i think he uh he said that he thinks this should be an ncaa tournament team or could be you know the, the injury factor you never know i mean if 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 all of a sudden a couple key guys are hurt. You probably have to reevaluate you are where you are. But I think he's also really appreciative of the buy-in that he got from the players. You know, anytime there's a coaching change, sometimes there's buy-in, sometimes there's resistance. He got buy-in. Um, he loves the effort that they've given him. He's seen the body transformations taking place in a short period of time, and he genuinely likes these freshmen. He likes. Uh, Mark Smith. He likes Trent Frazier. He likes Demonte Williams, and um, he he just you know he's got a good feel for this thing. He all, the other thing he really likes is he likes his staff, and and I do as well. I think this is an interesting staff. They've cast a wide recruiting net, and um, and I think we're going to see some results um, as they get going here in terms of commitments. He said this is the most difficult recruiting class. Your first one as a new coach because you're coming in, you're recruiting different kids. You're trying to make up ground on programs that have maybe a, a two- or three-year relationship with some of these kids, and you're trying to bridge that in a, in a matter of you know five months, six months. So they got to get some of these kids on campus uh, in the fall. A lot of times guys come in on home football weekends. Get them around their players. Get them around their staff and um, and explain to them. They seem to be really good at making a presentation to kids about, let me show you exactly how you fit into what we do. And uh, they've been able to, they did that with Mark Smith, and they've done that with uh, some recruits and have 
been able to show them, okay, now I get it. I see how, how I'm going to be in your program. And it's been exciting for some of these kids. So once they start getting some more commitments, I think the excitement level is going to go up. Then they just got to get out there in November and start winning games. It really takes a different kind of personality when, when you lose a commit like uh, Jeremiah Tillman and they go to a rival. And it wasn't a ho-hum thing, but after the shock factor wore off, there wasn't. it didn't feel like there was a lot of long-term lingering on that. Maybe that's because of the excitement that you've seen. Do you agree with that? I, yeah, you know, I think I think there's some truth in that. Um, I also think there was a little bit of just resignation that you know this is probably going to happen, and um, and then when when Tillman got in a little bit of trouble on campus, uh, not not serious trouble, um, after he got over to Missouri, um, you know I think people were like, okay, this might have been a headache that we avoided, and um, I'll just say this: he, he's a very talented player. He's going to help Missouri. Um, if he can continue to play, but but once that decision is made, um, you just need to move on. And um, you know, I think one of the things we'll see too is um, how good is this coaching staff at developing players. You get a player um, like uh, like the young big guys they brought in, who are um, probably more potential right now than anything else. But they think they've got high upsides, and so how do they? Um, um, how do they develop players? You know, I think the feeling among fans was that the player development from the previous staff wasn't as good as they had hoped. And so they're hoping that uh, let's see these guys grow into some really good players. We'll see. Awesome. Uh, so we're going to get to our interview with Doug Bouchon. Mark, can you tell us a little bit about what you two talked about and kind of some of the highlights of the interview? Yeah, we just we talked about uh, uh, strictly football or for the most part football we might have gotten a little basketball in there but we just talked about what Doug has seen at camp and the battles position battles he's liked and then we've talked a little bit about recruiting too you know they got a big commitment Lovey's highest rated commitment uh, since he um, since he signed on they got that last Friday night uh, from Calvin Avery down at uh, uh, Bishop Dunn Catholic in Dallas and um, it's, it was not only a really good player who had offers from all the m- many of the big time programs in the country but it was evidence that Lovey's recruiting efforts in Texas are starting to to bear fruit and um, he and Andrew Hayes Stoker the wide receiver coach who's also a, a, a Texas native like Lovey um, have really been doing a lot of legwork down there establishing relationships with high school coaches being a presence having clear clinics down there, um, trying to get their name out in front of people. There's more peop- more good players in Texas uh, where they take high school football really seriously than, than just the local colleges can, can uh, accommodate. So uh, some of those guys are looking to get out of state and go, go do something. And I think, as we mentioned earlier, I think Calvin Avery sees an opportunity where, you know, I could go to uh, Illinois and probably make an impact right away. In fact, he will. If, if he shows up, if he's healthy, if everything goes as planned, I look for him to absolutely be in the mix uh, next season and maybe even win a starting job as a freshman. He is a really, really good player. So that's two big-time recruits for next year. I'm, you know, I came from Peoria. They locked down Karan Taylor early, yep. very quickly yep. after he put on a really good show at Memorial Stadium in the 5A state final game. Yep. Uh, that's two big guys. That's a big guy in the state, a big guy in the state of Texas. It's maybe feel like things are starting to turn around a little bit in recruiting. And, and they're, they're um, making some ground up down in Florida, too. You know, they're recruiting Florida, Texas, Chicago, St. Louis, and then Hardy Nickerson uh, in California. And um, there's a, the same situation exists in Florida. There's so many good players there, so much speed there. Um, and and there's an opportunity for, for um, 
colleges to come in from out of state and get some of those kids, particularly Illinois, because Lovey Smith has some name recognition when he was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and um, and before that when he was on Tony Dungy's staff. So Lovey's trying to trying to tap into where he's got uh, a face recognition. St. Louis when he was D coordinator with the Rams, Chicago where he was head coach for the Bears, Texas where he's a native. Uh, guy, uh, Florida, where he was a head coach, and then in Hardy Nickerson's case, he's from California, he's coached in California, um, he is also trying to develop things. They may not happen all at once, but you hope to get a little pipeline going, and then once a couple kids commit, and they, and these other kids around say, wow, that guy's doing really good at Illinois, you know, and he used to play here, you know, then, then the option of going to a school like Illinois seems more viable. Yeah, and it's, it, sometimes it just takes one or two recruits to really get things going. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so this has been our first episode of Illini Weekly, I think is what we're calling it. That's exactly right. Illini Weekly with Mark Tupper. Uh, we are getting to our interview finally with Doug Bouchon. Uh, this will be available Friday afternoons on www.herald-review.com and at some point in the very near future on iTunes and Google Play. Visiting with Doug Bouchon from Rivals Orange and Blue News. You've been out here, uh, uh, Doug Bouchon, a, a lot. Just, j- just general. What, what, are you, what are you seeing? What are you? I think we're seeing pretty much what we expected to see. You know, some of the strongest position groups I think are the, the wide receivers and the linebackers. They got some athletes and some depth there. Um, really like the freshman class. You know, at Rivals we deal with recruiting a lot, and fans want to hear about the freshmen. There's some really nice looking freshmen. Larry Boyd, who's nicked up a little bit now, I think with the left shoulder. Uh, the wide receivers, Carmani Green and Ricky Small, and really like them a lot. Uh, Bobby Roundtree, defensive end, another freshman. Um, you know, I think the defense has been head of the offense. Uh, you know, the, this the six or seven practices that we've seen mm-hmm, so far. Mm-hmm. The D's, they got that Lovey Smith identity a little bit. They're flying around, creating turnovers, and quarterbacks have struggled a little bit, I think, the last um, week. Uh, but I think the offense will start to come around. You know, they're, they're putting more stuff in. They're getting a little more complex with the wide receiver routes and stuff. And I think you'll see the offense uh, pick it up this week. Yeah, and, and we're seeing Mikey Dudek only practice part-time and you know I assume that at some point he'll start going a little more maybe maybe not during training camp but maybe as they build a little closer to the opener we'll see him and we haven't really seen Ricky Smalling get we saw him out here but he's been limited here a little bit it'll kind of be fun you think it's a fair statement to say um, you know you do you're right you do deal with recruiting a lot and and a big part of recruiting is are your coaches identifying guys that project to be pretty good players and it looks like when you look at these freshmen you'd have to say hey I I like the look of the kids that they brought in they may not they may be too young to prove it this year but it looks like they've got some guys that are going to be able to play. Yeah, I think that's what they're good at. You know, they go to places like Texas and Florida, and they, they, they see these kids in spring practices and workouts, and they do a good job evaluating talent, you know. And, uh, yeah, these guys, they look better getting off the bus than the previous recruiting classes here at Illinois, yeah. for sure. Huge offensive lineman, Larry Boyd and Vidarian Lowe, who hasn't been able to go yet. He's got a t- little tweak on his knee. But you're right, they look like athletes. They look like guys uh, two or three years from now, I think they're going to have something. Especially, you know, look at seven freshman defensive linemen, and all of them look like pretty good athletes to me. Uh, some of them are a little undersized, and they're going to need some time in the weight room. But, but uh, yeah, reevaluating talent, I think, is what these guys uh, do well. Lovey Smith, of course, has been in the NFL. So he knows what a good football player looks like. Uh, so they're going to be good at scouting, I think, and we're seeing that not just in this uh, freshman class, but I think in the recruiting class coming up next year in 2018. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I guess all, all coaching staffs do the same thing. 
you figure out where should we be strong recruiting. We should be strong where we have connections, where we have a history, uh, geographically close to your program. And Lovey's got a, uh, a history in Chicago and in St. Louis, and they've recruited there. He's got a history in Florida and Texas. They're recruiting there. Uh, Hardy Nickerson's got a history in California. They're trying to wiggle in there a little bit. But the, the news uh, Friday from Avery, the big uh, off the big defensive tackle from Bishop Dunn in Dallas, um, and his teammate previously committing is a sign that maybe Lovey's starting to get a little traction down there, getting some results. That was a big get, wasn't it? He was huge. You know, if you watch his film, I don't know if you've seen his film yeah. on Huddle or not. He's a wrecking ball. The guy he is. Is, he's probably the best defensive lineman they've recruited here since Corey Legett uh, back in the day. It's been a while, maybe 10 years or something like that. So, uh, Especially, you know, you look at the state of Texas, and it's just, of course, they take high school football very seriously yeah, down there. Yeah. It's a loaded state. The uh, the Big 12 is huge there. You're competing against them. You're competing now with the SEC, you know, Texas A&M going to the SEC and, and all those schools. So to go down there from Bishop Dunn, one of the power programs in that area, and get a, a highly ranked, you know, borderline five-star kid, really, yeah. if you look at his star rating and his, and his ready on rivals, to get to pull a kid like that from Texas is, is just huge. And there's really there's two guys to look at on this staff, and that's Thad Ward, who recruits uh, Florida and St. Louis, then Andrew Hayes Stoker. Uh, Tex, he's from Texas, uh, and he right. really relates to the kids. Those two guys really relate to the kids really well. When we talk to these guys, we call them on the phone and talk to them. Nothing but great things to say about those two coaches that are recruiting them. And, and uh, your Texas, they didn't do so well last year. I don't think they got anybody from Texas last year. But the, this year, they're really starting to pick it up. They built some relationships with the 18 class and the 19 class, and it's starting to pay off for them. Yeah, how do you evaluate, um, when you look at a kid uh, like this big defensive tackle from Dallas, he's mauling guys, um, but but they're not the kind of kids he's going to play at in co- against in college. Some of them are smaller, obviously. But how do you, what do you look for when you're saying, yeah, but that projects to this next level as he moves up? What are you looking for? You know, for a D lineman, you really look at the get-off. Uh, how quick he gets off the line of scrimmage, and then and then look at his size compared to that. You know, he's a big kid. He's, he's big. He's, he's and he really moves well. You can see that on film. Another thing we do is we see all these kids in camps. You know, yeah. and then at those camps, at the rivals camps that we hold all over the country, uh, we get to see kids go up against um, uh, players that are at their their level, four and five star kids around the state of Texas uh, for for uh, uh, Calvin Avery, and and uh, you can see how they match up athletically. Uh, we don't see them in pads at those camps; they're non padded camps, but. You, you see what kind of athlete they are, and and uh, you know you can project him as being a really high level just just watching his film and his get off and how, how quick he is getting to the quarterback. In short bursts, he's as quick as you're going to see for a kid that size. Yeah, you know one kid out here, a young kid. I was going to ask you about too specifically is uh, Lewis Dorsey. You know he's an interesting looking kid who's listed as a tight end, six six and two and a quarter, whatever he is, um, but has lined up wide at time. You know it looks like this could be the the Derek McGee hybrid kind of kid that he kind of likes, you know. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts on him? That's kind of what they do with a, a guy who's long and athletic and has to get bigger to be to compete as an inline tight end in the Big Ten. They'll yeah. start him out out wide. They did the same thing with Zarian Holcomb, who's not here no more. But right. um, and you start him out wide where he can actually compete because he's he's a kid with some athleticism, some length, where he can be a good red zone receiver. And then as he gets stronger in the in the program, you can move him into a more traditional role. Uh, I think he's very raw right now. If he watches, you know how he runs his routes and uh, his confidence level and all that, still uh, looks like a freshman, mm-hmm. uh, but he looks awfully good. That's for sure. He's about six six, like you said, two twenty five or so. Really good athlete. Just a raw as a as a tight end. He's going to take some time. Yeah, um, we're we're at a new location this year 
uh, down here on these rec fields about three or four blocks east of the stadium. Um, what's your thoughts about this? They seem to be able to get their work done fine down here, whether they're convenient for everybody or not. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of all these these fields uh, twisted in different directions and different elevations, but um, what, what's your thoughts about down here? Yeah, it's good because it's kind of a, a cross between uh, Rantoul, where they were at right. for a long time, and on campus where it had more of an in-season feel over there, like like uh, you're not really in a camp setting. You're just practicing, getting ready for the for a game or something. This has kind of the best of both worlds. It's close. It's just a couple blocks from Memorial Stadium, uh, and, you know, and they can bust the kids down here. Then they can go they can go back, unlike Rantoul, where they had to stay there in their little home hotel room right. uh, it took it out of them mentally and physically i think at rantoul this is this is a place where you still have a camp-like setting uh but you can go back and chill in your own place you know you're still close to campus and all, all the things that you have available to you so it, I, I like it it's, it's good it, you know we don't have the best access here in the media because we can't go between fields we have to kind of walk around but i think it's a pretty good practice setting for them just finally doug and back to recruiting for just a moment um as we look around Who's, who, who, who should we be watching for next uh, as a possible commit uh, for Lovey that they have a, a realistic chance to get? Uh, you know, the, there's one guy they're watching close right now is from uh, Miami Northwestern. He's an athlete, plays quarterback at Northwestern. His name is Tutu Atwell. A little kid, about 5'9", 160 pounds, but just real quick feet, super quick. Uh, you know, they told him he's going to get a shot at quarterback here, but he really looks like a hybrid type of guy. You yeah, know, a, yeah. a, guy, a guy that you give the ball to on jet sweeps and a screen passes and stuff like that and maybe throw an occasional pass but uh, but he's a kid watch i think he likes illinois a lot it's just a matter of uh, do they want to take another smallish receiver right now and if they do i think he's going to pop for him and then uh, everybody from the state of illinois has got the eye on luke ward or luke uh, ford uh, the tight end from southern illinois he's a stud he's a borderline five-star kid probably will be a five-star before he graduates uh you know he's, he's got offers from everybody alabama oklahoma michigan ohio state everybody but uh, uh he's on twitter all the time uh, talking he to is, Illinois he? fans a, and uh, the fans a are social media darling. He is. He loves it. You know, he, uh, he's he's from a little town in Southern Illinois. You know, yeah. Carterville, and, and uh, this is all new to him. All the, these offers that he got really had his head spinning. And but he's liking the process. It's fun for him. You know, and uh, Illinois fans are really enthusiastic about him, and uh, uh, they're hoping he's going to pick Illinois. They have a chance for him. They do have a chance. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think he's going to wait until after the season. He's he's smart in the way he's playing it out because he wants to see Illinois win. You know, he he wants to go to a program where they're going to go to uh, bowl games. He's got that opportunity, obviously, at some programs that are, are national course. championship contenders like yeah, Alabama. Right. So, uh, But uh, he's going to give them every opportunity to, to recruit him and uh, and come to his home state school. I think he loves the idea of playing for Illinois. He's an Illinois fan from the state of Illinois, but he wants to see that they're, they're on a uh, kind of an upward uh, trajectory and that they're going to win some games. Doug Bouchon from Rivals. How do people follow you on Twitter? You can follow uh, at uh, Illinois Rivals, and you can uh, log on to the site at uh, uh, illinois.rivals.com. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Have a good camp. Thank you.